ever get the uneasy feeling that you've been fed a lie? Not just any lie, but one that you have believed your entire life and which has guided many of your decisions. Most of the time, we shake off this feeling and go about our lives. But what if that feeling was the key to unlocking everything? I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and on each episode of The Big Lie, we'll reveal a new lie that once uncovered has the power to transform your relationships, career, and life. Let's do this. Do you enjoy having great ideas, but not being heard? Or worse, having someone repeat them and get all the credit? Are you happy to continue delivering great work only to be passed over and watch as others from outside the company or your peers get the job? Would you benefit from being part of a community whose focus is on developing the interpersonal skills needed to elevate your career? Hi, I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and I just launched such a community on Slack called Unlock You. If you believe unlocking interpersonal skills is a crucial part of elevating your career, I would love for you to join us. Enrollment is currently open and free. You can go to www.connectioncounselor.com and click on the link to join us. See you soon. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of The Big Lie. I am so excited to share with you my next guest today. His name is Luke Archer, uh, and he uh, created Verbal Aikido. Um, He is a writer, a facilitator, and he specializes in communication, conflict management, and educational development. So today he's going to share with us some things that um, I've experienced in, in principle, just through my own training in Aikido, and he has developed a, his own system around it. So I'm super excited to learn a little bit more about what he's learned and his interpretation. Um, but let's start with getting to know Luke a little bit better uh, with one of our getting to know you questions. Luke, what makes you happy or what makes you sad? Well, hi, uh, Joe. It's really good to be here. Uh, And what makes me happy is to be here uh, and to be sharing about the the practice. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. Um, What makes me sad is, um, I guess, apathy. um, And, you know, when there's this big thing about emotions as well, and I find that when the more we, we could recognize our own emotions, the, the closer we can get to what's going on and we can connect with others. So when I hear people saying things like, and I know it sounds sort of so common, but when you say to someone, don't be sad or don't be afraid or don't be angry or anything like that, you're, you know, it, 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 it's, it's actually a form of not recognizing their emotions and not letting those emotions be. So I guess, even though that may be coming from a good place, when I, you know, when I sort of, sense that either mine or somebody else's emotions aren't being considered yeah that kind of makes me sad (laughs) (laughs) love that answer let me ask you a follow-up on that it's so interesting like you mentioned some of the things we say like you know don't don't be sad or whatever like 
it's it's almost like a reflex. Like we've almost been trained. It's it's like saying God bless you or Gazuntai. Yeah, yeah, it, it has been, and, and like I said, it can often be coming from a really good place, mm-hmm. uh, and it's there. There, and the intention is there is to calm or to reassure, etc. That said, it, you know, it, 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 it's, I mean, you know, Aikido, you said, as you said, you know, and so the, the whole art of Aikido is non-resistance. So if you're, you're, you're recognizing an emotion and you're pushing back on it, you're not in non-resistance you're, and you're not welcoming, you're not accepting it. So, and we do that same thing with ourselves, you know, so should I, I shouldn't be sad, but you know, or, or I shouldn't be angry, etc. You know, there is a difference between sort of going from being sadness to being depressed or going angry to, be, to being, you know, in a rage, but, you know, all these emotions, they actually, they actually serve, they actually help us. They're useful in some form or other um, once we actually start to recognize them and, and yeah, and understand them. So I think that's, that is the first step that, we, that I've worked on a lot. And I encourage everyone to, to, to get into working on recognizing your own emotions and, and exploring it and understanding them more. So, yeah, very good. So, 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 so important. So important. Um, so let's uh, go to our launching point, which is our big lie. Uh, and the big lie we're going to discuss today and get your help understanding is that better arguments win fights, right? We all do this, right? We, we have a contentious thing coming up. We, we do the logic, the pros and cons. We, we think about what they're going to say. How do we counter it, right? It, it, it's, it's almost like we're creating a battle plan for, for victory to vanquish, you know, verbally or maybe emotionally sometimes our opponents. So um, share with us a little bit your perspective and, and, and what you've learned through verbal Aikido and, and your life and experience, why this is a lie. Well, because if you're trying to dominate in an exchange, uh, in, in a conversation, and if you, again, if your objective with the person is, is to, to maintain any sort of relationship with, with them, then you're destroying it bit by bit by trying to dominate. Um, so um, you can, you know, you can win a debate, sure, um, but debates are like kind of structured and you've got, you know, proposition or rebuttal. You've got all these, uh, you know, parts of it. And then at the end of it, there's points and somebody wins. So fair enough, a debate, yes, you can win. Um, it's kind of like a sport, but a conversation isn't. You know? So a conversation is, you know, it, it's, it's many different things for different people, but uh, it can be a constructive process. It can be a, a bonding process. It can be just a sort of a, a relationship developing process. Um, and so essentially, the, I, I guess the, the misconception, even though not a lie, the misconception is that, uh, you know, if you, if, you're, if, you, if you push down on something, you will get that sort of greater feeling of, uh, of I've won and, you know, I just, I, I really feel that there's, uh, there's much more, you will win more in terms of relations if, again, if you, if you sort of just explore other terrains. If you, and again, in, in verbal Aikido, what we do is we sort of get centered and then we try to explore what the other person is about and then see what connections are possible. Um, so, and we can come back to that maybe a bit later, but uh, there's uh, a key, there's a key, I guess, um, nugget to, to take from um, not seeking to dominate. 
And if you're once you're once you're trying to dominate, this is a quote from from Ushiba, who's the founder of, of Aikido. Is, is once you try to dominate, you've lost. Wow, and I think that really says a lot for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's something about that use of force, right? That that imposing of your will that that you mentioned before. It really damages the relationship. So even if you win, you're actually losing. Like ultimately. Yeah. Yes. You're, like I said, it's, it's detrimental to a relationship. And I guess verbal Aikido that that we practice and all it, it, it's, you know, it goes from that out from the outset that we're prioritizing relationship. You could prioritize other things. Sure. But, and, you know, maybe other things will work in that, but as long as, if you are interested in, in, in uh, making relationships a priority, both with yourself and others, um, then yeah, sure. This this actually works. It's it's a functional tool. Um, it's philosophy of life again. It depends on how far you want to go with it. But yeah, um, it's yeah. There, there's a lot there. I don't know where you want to go with it. Well, I, I definitely want to get into some of the um, steps or 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 process in just a moment. One last question before we go there is. I've noticed, and I imagine other people have noticed, what you describe in a weirdly counterintuitive way, counterintuitive way, is actually harder with people we care about, right? The, the people who are closer to us or good friends, families, coworkers, this almost seems harder to be like this with those people. I just would curious to get your perspective on that dynamic. Yeah, of course. It, it, it is. Um, I guess the simple uh, image that might help understand that it's um, you know, if uh, somebody across the room, you know, throws a punch at you physically, well, you know, you might recognize that it's aggressive, it might bother you in some way, but it's not really going to hurt you. The closer they are, the more chance it's going to hurt. Mm. So same with sort of people within your circle of affection, you know, the closer they are, you know, if somebody, if you pick up the phone and somebody says, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You don't know who the person is. You're going to go, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, fine. But whereas if it's somebody that you care about, of course, that is going to hurt. So yeah, it's not, obviously, it, it's not just the words that count in a in a conflict. It's the relationship. So again, this is, it all comes back to relationship. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. So um, would love to hear a little bit about how you break down the process, like, like through various scenarios. What could, because we all know what we do normally. Right. And, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But a lot of times it doesn't work, especially if it's like a contentious kind of thing. Um, so just curious how uh, verbal Aikido, uh, the mechanics of that and, and, and the, the, I want to say the philosophy behind it and, and this procedure and how that might be different from what we normally would do. Well, it's, it is a good question. And in fact, I actually believe that people know how to do this, but they don't always realize that they know how to do it. They, don't have, they know how to do parts of it, definitely. And But actually to maintain it as like in, in sequence um, and again, to sort of to stick with that as a dance, then yeah, that, that takes a bit of training. Um, so essentially the practice consists of getting centered and coming from that centered place um seeking to understand step two 
Um, step three is proposing an I key. So we'll probably sort of about I key. It's a, a balance of energy or sort of a harmonizing um, idea or situation. So um, it, it really is those three steps, but it's not linear. It's it's very much you're you're dancing. You're you'll you know somebody might attack you on some level, and you might use one move just to get a bit of distance to be able to bring you back to your center as close as you can anyway and and then move back towards them and then go to an us so it's basically me you us it, it really simplified so we were when we were with kids and all this it's that it's it's me you us so you'll, you'll recognize that you know when you when you start to develop your practice you you, you recognize right i'm coming back to a me i'm acknowledging where i'm at and then i'm ready to go to you and I need to go back to a me a bit because they said something really hurtful. <laughs> so then I, and I go back to a you and I'm now moving understanding a bit more about that you. And then, oh, I see a connection. Oh, how about we? And there's the us. And so it really is a continual movement. All the practitioners that come to the dojo, they say, you know, they all say to the new people, just stick with it. You'll get there eventually. Just stick with it. Stay connected. Stay connected. And something eventually comes. And it does. And, and it's really beautiful when, when you see it happening. So what I love about this and what's also frustrating about this, similar to like physical Aikido, is yeah. you know, you 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 intuitively can grasp and intellectually grasp that it works, right? But yeah. then when you try to move this big dude who's grabbing you with, with his two arms and move him with very little effort and energy, your your body doesn't in practice it's a little bit different. So maybe you can talk a little bit about, I mean, we can break it down through the three steps you shared. Like, so when you say me and, and the centering, like help the audience understand what that really means. Cause they may misunderstand, you know, what you mean by that. Of course. Well, uh, it's, it's the essential part of the practice. It really is different for everyone. We like to say, I mean, I'd say that there's, you know, over 7 billion different ways to get centered because uh, everybody has their own way of getting centered. And of course, there's lots of techniques that are kind of well-known and breathing obviously can sort of bring you closer to that, just drawing con your, your consciousness into, you know, certain zones in your body, etc. But uh, essentially, you know when you're not centered. You So for people who, you know, would say, you know, this sounds a little bit new age or whatever, but, you know, the... Uh, when you, when you feel tension, whether it's because somebody said something that you don't like or your printer's not working, <laughs> any tension you feel that you've lost your center. So that's, again, that's just a sort of simple go-to explanation to say, right, I've lost my center. And then coming back to it, um, you will, well, I mean, again, it's the same sort of thing. When you don't know why, you don't know, let's just say you don't understand why your, your printer's not working, you're in that tension of not understanding. And then when you figure it out, you're like, ah. And coming back to that ah place is that sensation that you're aiming at. And it's like a muscle going from tension to centeredness. And the more you practice going towards that, the easier it gets to find that place when you need it. So let me ask the new student question, right? Because I'm sure you yeah. get these questions all the time, right? As, as a new student, I'm not buying what you're selling yet, Luke, right? I, I just showed up to your thing and I say, so what, right? What's the big deal if I'm not centered? I like being 
angry or energized or passionate? What is the big deal that I'm not centered? Well, it depends on what your intention. If somebody comes, if you've come to, to the, the verbal acuity session, the question is, why have you come? You know, what 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 would you like to get from, from the practice? Um, of course, I, I can illustrate really simply. I mean, what we're looking at on the mat is uh, de-escalation. So how you can how how can you avoid things escalating? Basically, things the majority of um, of physical you know uh, conflict stems from verbal conflict escalating. So it, if you're happy to go continue and go into physical possible physical contact <laughs> with the people, then fine. I would recommend you learn Aikido at least. You know? <laughs> so but but either way, you know, if you're if you're looking at how to de-escalate uh, an exchange, then obviously your centeredness plays a hugely important role. We practice techniques. We've got lots of different techniques that we're always practicing katas and, and you know sequences of movements and things. But essentially, the, the the techniques are worth very little without a posture. So that so there's two pillars basically. We're working on technique and working on posture. So that posture of being centered, and that's that first posture is getting to centeredness. Um, if I say to you, I can give you a technique, really simple technique. You can walk out of here and you'll have this technique to use. It's nothing new. Like I said, people know these things intrinsically already. But again, the posture behind it is where we work. So I can say to you, well, just simply, well, what do you mean? Now, what do you mean? Really, you've probably used that thousands of times in your life. Nothing new at all. But compare, you say to me, Luke, you're so selfish. And I go, well, what do you mean? Right. There you're going to get an escalation mm. because my posture wasn't, I wasn't centered and I wasn't truly trying to understand what you mean. You know what I mean, Luke. <laughs> right. That's, that's the reaction you'd get back. You could get these. And again, no matter what movement you get from response, either you're going back to center, you're, you're centered enough, so you're going towards that other person with that center, or you've seen a connection that you can make that you can propose to the other person. So you say, you know what I mean. Well, tell me more. And, or, 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 or you can say, right, would you like to hear what I think you mean? So I'm going back. To, so I'm going to you. Would you like to hear what you think? I mean, you, and generally speaking, that's called an aperture. So it's create, you're creating an opening for that person. So you're creating an opening to say, all right, do you want to hear what I have to say? Well, go on. Even you might still stay with that thing and say, right, for me, and then you got to be precise. You got to go, okay. <laughs> we work on being concise. In a conflictual exchange, the more, uh, I guess, yeah, the, the, the more Twitter-esque, so you, you got to get it short. Uh, the better it is, um, especially if there's anger involved. You need to keep your, your words to a minimum. You know, one thing I'm getting out of what you're sharing, Luke, is it, it's really hard to um, overestimate how important that posture and, and the way you deliver the words is to the success of whatever you're trying to do. Right. I mean, we think, well, I said the thing. Right. Like I said, the words you told me to say the words and it didn't work. Right. But. There's so much more going on than just the the actual words. 
Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you may have heard it's not what you said, it's how you said it. And these, <laughs> but, but there's, 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 you know, truth to that. There's an importance definitely in, in as much as what is being said as how it's being said, of course. Um, you know, I can repeat anything you've said. You, you said to me, you said to me, okay, Luke, I'm, you know, so excited to have you here today. And, uh, and I could say to somebody later, you know, I was talking to Joe and Joe said he was so excited to have me here. <laughs> I, you know, of course, Love the that, air quotes. That, that, yeah, the air quotes. So, so that has changed completely the yeah. signification of what of the communication. So, of course, how you say something, such a huge impact. Yeah. All right. So, so we started out with um, discussing center, um, and tell us a little bit more about the the next step and, and how that fits into the process. So, yeah, absolutely. So, um, the you, so that going towards the other. Um, it's it, this. It does take a lot of work. This this yeah. one, especially. Some people have a, a very good sense for it as well, though. You know, I mean, like I said, you all, everyone has this new posture when you're genuinely interested in another person. Of course, in a conflict situation, that's where it gets tough to actually use that. And again, that's why that's why we rely on a center. If you're centered, and you know, the, anyone who's kind of familiar with centering, there's a really nice question you can ask yourself: Is how do I know? when I'm centered. And if you know something about that, if you've explored it enough, you'll probably recognize that when you're centered, you have a certain receptiveness. You're able to receive. We, we kind of compare that, especially working with kids, to like to talk about, or adults too, we talk about trying to be like a big satellite dish, just receiving and, and you know orienting that satellite dish towards the other person to just receive. Um, you can also, okay, it might be pertinent to, I mean, to, to just look at the difference between when people listen to respond or they listen to understand. So most of the time, especially in conflict, people are, and this is coming back to your sort of debating idea, it's like people are listening to get their argument, to get their point in, etc. Whereas if you use, and we, we talked about neutral listening, to have that neutral position, like I said, like, like that satellite-ish, that's, that's actually the transformational part of, of uh, or very often the transformational part of the, of the practice. Because if you're there in that neutral place, listening to the other person and genuinely interested in what they have to say, you'll, you'll start to recognize the shift, just come down and, and you can feel it. So when people say, you know, if, if, the, guy, if, the, if the new guy comes onto the mat and he's going, yeah, well, what's the point, what's the point? I'll be in practice straight away. So I'll be, I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll be getting centered and, and, and trying to understand him more about where he's coming from. And, you, and he'll feel the energy shift. And I'll say, did you feel the energy shift? And you feel it. So you have to practice it. You, I mean, you can read books and we can talk about it, et cetera, but, and I'd love if you want to attack me a bit later on, ah! <laughs> and you can throw a few, throw a few in there and, and you'll start to feel it. And, you know, and, and it, that really just, you know, that, that speaks more than, than any sort of explanation you really can. So what's so that's, interesting, that's right. that was step two, yeah. What's interesting to me about step two is a very large part of it is sort of a, a state of mind or a state of being that's required. It's, it's, it's not so much the words you say to the person, although obviously we do use words as well, but it's, it's kind of your, 
your attitude or your your willingness or openness. I don't know how I would exactly describe it, but to me, I'm feeling that that's a huge part of it. It's not just a, a, a robotic exercise in saying certain words to appease them. You're, you're, you're hitting the nail right in the head there. It is. It, uh, one of the words we use is accompany. You're accompanying the other person. So, and if, and I know this is, this is more uh, sort of uh, auditive to visual, but if you can imagine, uh, you know, when, if you do Aikido, a lot of, so if you sort of uh, hear me tanking mo mo movement where you're going to come in, so somebody will throw you an attack and you're going to step in and you're going to get behind that person and look at things from their perspective. You're actually physically looking in the same direction as them. Yeah. And so that's, what we were aiming to do as much as we can to try and see the things from the other person's perspective. And again, you know, when I said earlier about that feeling, you don't, you don't feel centered when you don't understand. You also don't feel centered when you don't feel understood. So when a person is feeling misunderstood, that creates a lot of tension. And if you're giving them that space to actually be understood, you're relieving that tension and it sort of comes down. Interesting, interesting. So you being centered and them being centered are both important for the success of, of the conversation. Well, essentially, yes. I mean, you know, when you're having a good conversation with your friends or family or whatever it is, you, you're, you're not, you know, there's not a tension involved. You're, you're in the zone. And um, to get back to that zone, if you feel the tension, First, again, you can you can practice on, on, on getting back to it. Um, like you said, yes, there are there are words that we accompany with the, the posture. It's essential to. I think I think one word that stands out for most in this part is sincerity. Mm. When you're, you know, and, and people will say, you know, I, I did this move and it didn't work, and we go through it, and they they will sort of rehash the the exchange, and. Uh, you'll hear that they were saying, well, what do you mean? Or something like that. Uh -huh. and, <clears throat> and so essentially it's it's like, uh, yeah, like you said, the posture is so important. They're not really, and this is like a, the difference between um, trying to just use a word to destabilize a person uh -huh. or use a technique to destabilize a person or genuinely being trying interested and, and see where the, you know, what that person is getting at, what their message is. Get to the message, I guess, would be another way to sort of um, get to the need of the person, try and understand what they're feeling or any, you know, any of these things. The more you explore the, the other person's state of being and what, what's happening with them, the better you have a chance to then go on to that step three. Yeah. You know, one thing I love about um, verbal Aikido and just thinking about Aikido in, in this sense is the idea that um, words can be used as an attack, just like a physical attack. There's, there can be something very violent without even using violent words, right? But there can be sure. something very violent in the way we deploy our words and our energy towards someone which is received as an attack, regardless of the text of the words, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, yeah, there's subtle attacks. There's there's all sorts of um, indirect ways that people have of, I mean, you talk about there's passive aggressiveness. It, these are actually all things that we, we kind of, we work out on the mat. Um, essentially what, especially with things like that, is it, it, we're inviting the attack. 
And we won't work on these initially because you have to feel sort of solid to be able to manage the attack when it comes first. But once you do start to get to develop that little bit of confidence that you can, you know your way around a few moves and, and, and you feel that sort of solid center when dealing with things that you can sort of start to start to invite the attack. That doesn't mean to go out looking for problems. But <laughs> <laughs> provoking people to attack you know um but it does it it does mean sort of once somebody says something a snide remark you say oh can you tell me a bit more about what you're trying to say there or always go you know go towards and this requires courage and i think yeah. that that is but but it's, it's it's just like you know i'm any martial art that you're working on you know you're working on you, you would do you would practice a martial art to get better so that you have the courage to manage that bully or to manage any sort of situation that you're, you're in and you find it difficult. So you need to have that courage to go towards. It takes time, sure. Um, that said, uh, usually after about three or four sessions, the people who come to the map, they usually is around that sort of st that stage. They start to develop a little bit of confidence to be able to actually manage things off the map, which is actually kind of surprising because you would imagine um, and physically, uh, that you would need, you would probably need a little bit more time on the Aikido map to actually develop techniques. But we're talking you a bit more than that anyway. Maybe I'm slow. <laughs> no, no, years. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, what, what's interesting about what you just said about you know going going towards the attack. You know, if if you if you just run away or stick your head in the sand, the energy doesn't go away. It's it doesn't get resolved. It's it's still there. It's only by um, engaging in it, acknowledging it and, and in a in a useful way, right? Not in an escalatory way. Um, can anything be resolved, if that makes sense? Yes. Um, you know, you often uh, kind of running away from something is, uh, it, it, it can be the right thing to do in certain in context, but it, it is not a long-term strategy. Um, so um, yeah, yeah it, it takes, it requires courage to go towards um and you know i mean i guess there are situations where you do need to maintain distance if you've recognized certain personality styles that you know maybe they're troubled or whatever that you need to maintain a distance from from people because essentially and this is true whether it's aikido or verbal aikido or many martial arts it's about protecting yourself you need to be able to be in that sort of self-protection to place uh, to to be able to even engage in any way, so mm. so basically, yeah, it's so Aikido has that side of difference. It's about not only protecting yourself, but you're protecting the other as well. Mm. I, guess, I think for me, that's what really attracted me to to the practice and uh, sort of it's uh, and why I wanted to sort of develop it in, in in a verbal way too. So we talked about the me, the centering. We we talked about the you. Really curious about how you look at that that third component. Sure. Well, the us part, is, we, we, we call that proposing Aiki. So again, the Aiki is that, um, that balance of energy or, or a harmonizing of energy or convergence of energy. So there's, there's lots of different ways to, to explain it. Some people, I, I think the founder of Ishida at one stage called it love. So, you know, you, you're, it's that connection between others. So you're exploring these connections. Um, and so I guess if you, we often sort of see it like two disco balls that, you know, uh, you've got, you know, those little little mirrors that they've all got. There's a lot of little facets. So you're a mirror, you're a, 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 
disco ball, the other person's a disco ball, and you're kind of going towards that disco ball with your step two. You're trying to explore, you know, oh, look here, is that a connection there? Oh, is that, can, oh, you, then you see a connection and then you go, oh, you go towards it, right? And if they connect there, that's great. Uh, if they don't, that could, they can push back. People can push back on IQs. You can say, well, um, happened to me recently, somebody said to me, don't try to make this a learning experience. Because I said, well, how can we avoid this in the future? Which is, you know, it's it's an IQ is going forward. It's being constructive, right? So, <laughs> and I had to say, okay, well, what would you prefer this is? So, you know, and, and again, we're coming. That's going back to just to to, to sort of standard moves. But the uh, so we will standardly propose three times an IQ, different IQs, of course, because you propose the same thing three times. You're you're just sort of bang your head against uh, the window or a brick wall. But you're uh, so you'll propose it three times after three times you do kind of take a distance so you say say hey how about we talk this about this another time when maybe the, you know we've bit more energy or we're feeling more relaxed or something like that so so but what you're again the, the whole thing of verbal aikido is going from conflict to conversation so you're it's key some people go oh it's about solution finding but it can be um, if that's what you're doing in a conversation. But the idea is to bring that energy down so that we can do solution finding because that's where this could go. But it could be something else, you know? But, you know, there's many things I said, like I said, we do in a conversation um, and it's sort of recognizing how we can shift that energy. So when you propose the other person, essentially using we, how do we, you know, how about we do this or... Um, even saying sometimes like, uh, so you just might say, oh, me too. And you'll feel that connection with the other person. And you feel these naturally when you're just talk, having a conversation with your friends, right? But it, being able to, you know, so I'll, I'll give you a little chain, a little sequence of, uh, of moves that some people might say. Um, for example, you would say, okay, uh, uh, Luke, you're totally you know you're all over the place and i'd say okay well what do you mean you go well you know you can't you know, everything seems to be in different directions and i'd say what would you prefer that and you say well that you were more concise and to the point and i would say concise yeah i like concise and at that moment i have but it has to be sincere again yeah, yeah. if i you know if i if i'm not interested in being concise well, then <laughs> That's it's not it's going to stand insincere and people detect insincerity. So, oh, yeah, so, exactly. So, so when so if you know, I I, I did a reversal there, which is really nice. Uh, it's a it's a I recommend people do this. This is something that you can sort of take out of this and just try straight away, and you'll see the power of it. But so the person said you're all over the place. I, I explored a little bit with them. Then I said, all right, well, what would you prefer that you were concise? So when people talk about something that they don't like. Really nice to use what we call it. That's an open reverso. So you say, what would you prefer? Or what would be more interesting for you? Because you can be act on that. Because then you're actually, you're, you're pushing them. This is manipulation. And verbal Aikido, like many other things, is manipulation. And But it's manipulation towards what? Towards conversation. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's interesting to me about what you're saying is so much of this hinges on your intention and your ability to maintain that positive intention, even in a conflict environment, right? When people are upset or saying things that maybe are even consciously or unconsciously meant to trigger you, right? 
that you're able yeah. to stay centered and stay with that intent. Because normally when I get punched in the face, I want to punch someone back in the face. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say like, well, why did you punch me in the face? I want to hit them right back immediately. Like that's a very human kind of reaction, but we know what that leads to. That leads to all of us having black eyes, right? It doesn't resolve the situation. Yes. Um, it, it's a funny kind of phenomenon that, that actually happens. It's, yes, initially having that sort of fight back, fight, you know, it's a fight or flight impulse that, that actually you know that, that comes out there so and like i said they're, they're they're that could be the right thing to do in certain sense in certain stages to push back um what we're, we're we're just looking at again is if you're interested in the relationship so if the relationship is key and like you said there, there's probably much more chance that you're going to get verbally attacked by somebody who actually you actually see on some sort of semi-regular basis than you know than somebody you just you, you've never met in your life um so that, that's just more common so i guess the 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 way that we um you know i guess the way we, we look to to managing that that aspect of reactivity is to acknowledge it and you know is is not to push back and say i shouldn't be doing this is to try and look into understand it and saying you know if if i want to look back if i want to push back on what somebody's saying where is that coming from now this is sort of post exchange right but the phenomenon that, that actually arises once you get into a lot of practice is that what you know because you're developing reflexes uh, is that when somebody goes to punch you in the face, as you say, verbally, that you actually take it like they're trying to shake your hand mm -hmm. and you end up shaking their hand and you end up sort of doing a bit of a dance with them. And they, because they're not getting a resistance to it, that they no longer want to continue to attack you because it's like punching, punching water or something. There's no, there's nothing, there's no there there, as they say. So so essentially, again, this is a phenomenon that comes after practice is that the the because you're not resisting and that's the, that is key about Aikido. Number one, you you're, what you said was absolutely right. Intention. Your intention is key. Once you have that intention to say, right, I'm, I'm, I'm exploring harmony here. I'm, I'm seeing how I can be as, as harmonious as possible with my environment. So that no matter what comes at me, I can blend with it, which, you know, there's different types of martial arts. Aikido is a blending martial art. So you're always going to be blending with whatever comes at you. So what some people might see as an attack, you'll take it in your stride and it will just flow. And there will be sort of, and there'll be lightheartedness about it. So you won't even it won't even seem like an attack. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, Luke, you're touching on, I think, one of the most powerful and also difficult to comprehend principles that that by blending by staying centered by being relaxed by not fighting back in the way you traditionally would that actually keeps you safer right like pe people often have this misunderstanding well if someone swings at me and i don't block it right then i'm going to get punched in the head but that's not what you're saying and that's not what aikido over aikido says it says move in a way that keeps you safe and allows that energy, but not that it's going to land up on the side of your head, but it lands up somewhere else where it's expressed. And then you can, you can build on that rather than trying to conflict with it, you know, head on, which generally leads to more conflict. Yes. 
Yeah, you explained it better than I could, so you're good. <laughs> well, well, well let, let, let me ask you, because you practice with people all the time. Yeah. Why is this concept so hard to grasp? And physically, right? It was probably hard for both of us to grasp when we were learning it physically, right? Like you don't truly believe it at first, right? And then one day you're like, oh my gosh, this actually yeah. works. Because of what we see a lot, it's it's win-lose. And, you know, competition can be interesting in, in, in many, for many reasons and in many domains. And it can push people to get better and, and it has good consequences for competition. Um, but this is what we see. We see this binary perspective and it's win or lose. That's it. Be a winner. If you're not a winner, you're a loser. You know, so and, and that's what we see, and it's what we're told, and so we what's on television all the time, and, and in the sports and everything, and it's there, yes. So, but it does exist. You know, it's, I'm not saying winning and losing doesn't exist. Winning exists, losing exists, but it's like anything binary between a zero and a one. There is an infinity, mm. and what we're you're doing with Aikido, among other things, is exploring what's between that win and that lose. And you said there's so many choices there. And what you, again, with that IE key, with that other person, you're trying to find, well, where is it that we can connect? And you're, you're, you're absolutely right in, in that. Um, uh, I think there's an image that, that speaks to me in, in when you look at a boxing match and you see a boxing match. And yeah, you're, like I said, both people are going to come out at the end and they're both going to have bruises. Well, there are exceptions, but generally speaking, you know, both people come out and there are bruises. Right. So, but you look at an Aikido move and it's, it's very quick, you know, you, you know, you'll, you'll have done a few moves and that person maybe fall to the ground and then you'll accompany them and they'll be immobilized. Wow. And oh, hold on. Nobody, there's no bruises, you know? Uh, so, so generally speaking, it's uh, it, it, like you said, it's that flowing and blending movement that accepts what's coming blends with it and come you come at the end and yes you have protected yourself and uh, in, in the spirit of the art you've protected the other person too as long as you you don't see that as a possibility then you're just going to continue believing there's only win or lose well I, I love what you were saying earlier about the practice right like like this needs to be practice and experience you and I talking about it is not going to convince anyone magically to like start doing this or make it effective. So sure. how do you how do you sort of bridge that with your students um, as they're coming in first timers? Well, what are some of the things maybe you can share um, with us that, that that baby steps, right? Like to, to get you yes. down the right road? It, yeah, it is baby steps. Um, one, one other thing I, I really uh, this is a slowly developing practice. One of the one of the things that people tell me is because I, I don't try to convince anyone of it. In, in fact, again, if, if I'm trying to convince somebody this is the right thing to do, then I'm kind of, you know, there's a sort of domination there. And, and yeah. again, the whole practice is not about that. So if people are interested and they pitch up, then we're like, yeah, all right, well, let's see where we go together. You know? So um, absolutely, the, the art is, uh, uh, it's practice in baby steps. I guess one of the very first things that we, we work with people is to be able to do a, what we call a centered yes or a centered no. So um, two simple words, but imagine, like we talked about posture earlier, we talked about how many different ways can you say yes? You can say yes very impatiently, very aggressively, right? Mm -hmm. So you say yes, yes, come on, yes. You know, you can say yes excitedly, you know, your, your favorite team's winning, whatever, you're, yes, 
Uh, so, but there's so many different ways to say it. And um, just for example, if, a specific example on on yes, we, we again we, we we try to sort of be like a tree trunk, just being yes. That sort of yes that might emanate from that to give that idea of that centeredness anyway. Again, people find their own their own different ways to, to feel that. But essentially, you're saying yes, very simply, very neutrally, just yes, very posed. Where we where might you use that? It's when people doubt what you say. So, and again, somebody doubting um, what you, you're saying, it can be taken as an attack and it can create tension within you. So, for example, you tell me a story about what you did last weekend and I go, really? Uh, or I say, did you? Or seriously? Or something like that. If I do that, you know, you will feel that tension mounting within you. Yeah. And what we're what we work on again, just as a very first baby step, is to say, just to be able to go, yes. And to actually sense the power of that, of not escalating, of not, we talk about it's not our invention at all. I don't know where we, we, we found this, but it was jade, it's called jade. So you avoid justifying, arguing, defending, or explaining. So avoid jade. Once you start to justify or even over-explain or sort of push back on things and argue your point, then you're creating an escalation. Um, and you'll feel the tension mount. Whereas uh, if you're able, you know, somebody says, really, you can say, yes. Is there anything else you'd like to know? Uh, and, and you're back towards the other person. And you just sense the power of it. Um, it really has, a, again, a very calming effect on the exchange and it avoids the escalation. Um, do you want to practice? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the attacker in this uh, really simply. And I'm going to ask you to, again, all you have to do is get into that yes. Uh, so, and I'm going to do it three times, right? And you can compare it later the, the different sorry, yeses. So why don't you tell me, is that something that you did recently? Um, I went on a run uh, with my son. We ran about a mile. It was great. Really? Your son ran a mile? Yes. Okay. Well, tell me more. What else did you do? We uh, we did a little bit of stretching afterwards. It was it was uh, some really good father son time. Really, you stretch? Yes. Wow, it's hard, man. It's really hard. It is. T- <laughs> it's tougher than you might think. Yeah. Because uh, you know, I, I, I have to do this. For, I have to do this for my job. You know, it is to push things and push down and just really like really. Um, it, it, it creates a tension. We didn't even do it three times. After, after the second time, you're going, oh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> no, time out. You're tapping the mat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so, so, and then, you know, you'd work on a centered no. Really, a really simple exercise on the centered no is to, um, I'll, I'll misinterpret what you're saying, but deliberately. So you'll, you'll, for example, you'll tell me again something that maybe that you're planning to do. Mm-hmm. Just as an example, and I, I I'll come back with I will uh, I will change what you've said. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, all the time. So um, I'll say. So you're telling me X, which is very different from what you've said, or a total exaggeration of it. Um, and it, people use this. This is a technique people use to win arguments. So and again, that was air quotes there, by the way. <laughs> so um, the 
so people did use this to win arguments as well. Uh, they reformulated what the person said in order to, you know, make them sound stupid because they're putting, blowing out of proportion the what the, the person's saying. So um, again, this is not going to be in a in a conflict, but just to feel what that no is. So the next step after being able to do that centered yes that you did pretty well uh, is to be able to say. It's it's a it's a one-two move. So if if we have the me as a one and the you as a two, you're going, no. What makes you say that? Or no, would you like me to say it again? Or no. And back to the other person. So it's one, two. So so you're you're going to you, you're you're taking the time to have that centered no place, and then you're back to the other person going. Well, would you like to know more about this? Or you know, so you're you, so whatever it is, a, a nice key, a nice key move is is really simple. Um, would you like to hear more about that? Or what makes you say that? What makes you say that is actually one of my favorite moves. Okay, what let's try it. Let's try. So all right, okay. So okay. you tell me something yep. that you're planning on doing, and I'll I'll, I'll jump in. Yep. Um, man, I Luke, I'm just so exhausted from work, everything that's going on and, and the stress and, and the changes. So you're telling me you're completely sick of your job and you don't want to do it anymore? No. What did you what did you hear me saying that would make you think that? Right, good. Okay, let's continue. Um, so uh, well, I just had the impression that you're 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 sick to the teeth, you have you can't stand it anymore. But tell me more. Yeah, I mean, there's just been a lot of pressure and a lot of deadlines and a lot of changes, and it's it's really been a challenging year for me. So you're saying you've never been able to handle pressure at all? Well, no, I mean, that's not what I meant to communicate to you. Um, well, well, why would you think, or what made you think that hey, maybe i'm just you know maybe you just read between the lines here but you know maybe tell, tell me more yeah so um yeah it's just uh used to be you had a certain percentage of good days and bad days and and now the bad days seem to be uh going up and it's really wearing on on my health and my relationships so you're saying everything's going to hell no, I still have a pretty yeah, <laughs> time, time no, I, I like it. I really like this. It's tough. And you can see, and I don't know if you know it's a different. The first snow, it was like a no. Yeah. And then the, the, the further it got, it was like, no, I'm not saying. And then it was like, no. You can see the, the sort of increase. And the further I would go in that, the, the harder it would be. But again, yeah. all you're aiming at doing, and this is, and it's like I said, you've seen how difficult it is, and it takes yeah. practice just to be able to say no. What makes you say that? And it's that posture that has much more power. And it, it also brings the other person down because essentially, you know, people can, people, one of the things that people often say is, you know, well, what if you, you being, you being calm makes the other person annoyed? Mm-hmm. And it's a good question. And it, 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 you'll notice that it depends on your intention in being calm. And some people uh, use the being calm as a provo- provocation. Yes. So they're going, yes. I'm going to be calm because I know it's going to annoy you. So, <laughs> exactly. uh, but if that is not your intention, but if your intention is, uh, I'm going to be, sh- I'm going to be centered and centered or calm because I want you to be centered too. And I want to share that with you. I want to share my center. So I'm going to have a very strong center and it's, it's you know, and, and it's going to be big enough to actually, you know, take you in with that center. So again, it always comes back to your intention. What is your intention? Um, 
has the biggest impact on, on, on this art completely. So Luke, this has truly been a pleasure. Uh, learned so much from you and, and the practice was painful and enjoyable. I, I love it. <laughs> um, so, so tell me, we're gonna uh, wrap up here uh, with the next step. I like to call it the next step. What's one specific concrete step someone in the audience can do today to start to take advantage of, of this new knowledge? The specific step is to breathe and listen to yourself what's going on. If there's tension, recognize where is that tension going? Where is it? Mm -hmm. And recognize that that tension is actually your body telling you, get centered. Because mm. yeah. if you don't get centered, you're probably going to regret what you say after that. Whereas yeah. if you do get centered, at least you might be able to protect yourself a little bit more and protect the other, hopefully, uh, if it's a relationship that counts from. Yeah. So um, one thing I love about the work you do, it's, it's, it's the practice piece, right? Because intellectually, um, I think people can understand it and maybe even agree with it, but things break down in real life if you haven't sure. practiced it and, and prepared, whether it's physical Aikido or, or verbal Aikido. Um, so if guests wanna learn a little bit more uh, about verbal Aikido, about you, um, how can, what's the best way for them to find out? How can they get in touch with you or, or learn more? I guess the website, verbalaikido.org is, uh, yeah, it's, it's been up for quite a few years. It's, it's evolving into a more community-based website at the moment, but it's there. It's got information on how you can come and practice. We do um, the online dojos. We've been doing them for years uh, on Zoom. In fact, since, uh, you know, since the whole pandemic hit, uh, we were kind of up and running, ready for, for it to happen. So, um it's yeah, it, it's it's a nice setup in the dojo. We've uh, got really great practitioners that are there, and people are becoming facilitators too. So, if you're interested, you know, in becoming a facilitator, you can also check out um, my new school. That's um, mynewschool.com. So it's my n e w s k o l dot com, which which where you can find sort of more information on becoming an actual practitioner and a you know, sorry certified practitioner and facilitator to help others do it too. Um, we've got a Facebook page, we've got a LinkedIn, also somewhere on um, a few other the other social medias, but yeah, mostly I think Facebook is, is where we're at most. Amazing. Thank you, Luke, for sharing your big lie with us, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Thank you. Hi, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. I have an exciting update to share. My third book, Unlock Your Connection, Feel Like Family, is available on Amazon.com. Using universal principles, we explore how to unlock more professional success by learning how to connect to anyone, anytime, anywhere. Together with Unlock Your Charisma, and unlock your executive presence. These three books form the first segment of my Unlock Your Leadership series. To learn more, go to www.connectioncounselor.com. For questions or to inquire about personal or team coaching, email me at joe at connectioncounselor.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Big Lie. We hope it has an amazing impact on your life. I only have one favor to ask. If you enjoy the show, 
please tell the one person you know who needs to hear about it and share the link. That's it. Together, we can vanquish these illusions that are holding us back.